1: and welcome to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm one of your co-hosts the kentucky guy along with your other co-host donnie cage ah there he is mr cage how's it going brother
0: it is going great another day six feet above ground so i'm always happy about that
1: Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. It is uh, not a beautiful day here in Kentucky. It's been storming and raining all day long. But hey, at least it's not snow and it's not cold. So I'm glad about that. Folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to. And then make sure you hit the notification button. That allows you to know every time we upload a new episode. We are on 73 different audio platforms at this time including Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Pandora, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has a, he's co-host of another podcast. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir.
0: Yes, I'm also the co-host of the Uncaged Voice podcast, which you can watch and listen to on YouTube. I co-host with Chigsaw Jester and Top Tier Rated and I have an upcoming episode that we're going to be recording for. I'm going to be doing an interview with filmmaker Fernando de la Cruz, who's based out of the Pittsburgh market.
1: Fantastic. Also, if you'd like to stay up on current events, politics, news, or just listen to some pretty cool interviews with different folks around the world, uh, you can follow and subscribe to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I do host it. And we drop two episodes there every single week. We drop two episodes here on the Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast a week as well, every Tuesday and Saturday. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, or you'd like to ask Donnie or myself a question, or maybe a shout out for a shout out, you can always email us at olkentucky, Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky, 99 at yahoo.com. Also, in the description below is a link. To all of our social media's website, merch shop, all that good stuff. So be sure to check that out as well. All right, so let's get started in today's show. Uh looks like there's a little bit of news, not a probably not as much as you guys have been used to here lately, but there is some. But first of all, let's uh go ahead and go over Raw results because I thought Raw was actually kind of interesting yesterday. Uh, kind of surprising. So uh, so let's go over a couple things here. We had Shinzei Nakamura. He took on The Miz. And by the way, none of this is in any type of particular order. Uh, Shinsei Nakamura versus The Miz. Uh, your winner, Shinzei Nakamura. I'm glad that they are kind of, sort of pushing Shinzei. The only thing is, man, how much longer are you going to keep Miz on this losing streak? Because he's one of your most popular heels on the show, and he's always losing. He's putting everybody over. Losing, losing, losing. So, I don't know. Your thoughts on that, Matt? Always good to see Shinsuke pick up a win on Raw or or
0: on a pay-per-view. Hopefully, um, considering that I would have to think with him getting a little bit older that he's probably in the last few years of his career, although I I, though I shouldn't say that because we just saw the great Muda retire at uh, 62 years of age, and Sting is still kicking at uh, his age in AEW, so uh, Shinsuke might have a long career still ahead of him, uh, but it's always good to see him pick up a win. What can I say about the Miz, Kentucky guy? I mean, still got a great personality, always keeps you interested, but WWE just keeps having him eat more and more slices of humble pie these days. I don't know if there's a long-term plan for The Miz, but eh, right now he's not in the cards to win any championships or rack up some big wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of uh, disappointments and disappointing uh, outcomes in matches, brings us to our next one. They had a intercontinental championship number one contenders battle royal this battle royal did not have anybody in it i think maybe bronson reed maybe bronson reed but that's about it who could contend with gunther there was no finn Balor. there was no damian priest there was no i mean it, it was it was sad you had like the viking raiders who are tag teams uh you had ricochet who've has been beaten down by Gunther. I don't know how many times. He's the one that uh, originally. Lost the belt to Gunther. And I really didn't see. Any point in having this battle royal. Because the winner. Doesn't have a prayer. I have no idea why he's the winner. I, I Maybe because they're going to Saudi Arabia. And that's where the match is going to be held. I don't know. But Mustafa Ali. Is your winner. And that's pretty that this guy has been squashed by so many people, not as good as Gunther. So how are you going to put him in the ring as a number one contender? Ridiculous. Your thoughts? WWE does this all the time. It's which is one of my
0: biggest criticisms of their programming is that they'll take a wrestler who in recent memory has lost a lot of matches on television. And then just all of a sudden they'll rack up a couple of wins and suddenly they're a title contender. Look what they did with Zelina Vega going into WWE Backlash in Puerto Rico. Uh, You know, it was a good match she put up with Rhea Ripley, but what did she really do to earn that number one contendership for the SmackDown Women's Championship? Okay, Mustafa Ali wins a battle royal. Uh, When was the last time he won on television? Like six months ago, if not longer? I mean it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I don't for one minute think that he is a shot at beating the Ring General for the Intercontinental Championship.
1: What do you think about the other participants? Am I wrong about that, or I didn't see anybody in there, really?
0: Uh, you you are not wrong, Kentucky guy. You, you mentioned, you name-dropped Bronson Reed, who could have been a potentially good contender for Gunther. I think at the very least that would have been a hard-hitting bout. But, um... Yeah, really nobody of true interest. I mean, if you think about it, the the previous match you talked about was Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. Why not pit Shinsuke Nakamura against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? That would be an awesome match.
1: Or the fans would love it. Or The Miz. He's a three-time Grand Slam.
0: Right? Either or, but the bottom line is no one's going to care about this match. No one's going to be invested in it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the reason why I bring up Bronson Reed because, well, he's not only just a big guy, but he was just in a title, uh, in a, in a match for a contention in a title and that's for the, uh, United States championship. So he was in a three-way, uh, three-way dance or whatever you call it. So anyways, triple threat match. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think this was a waste of air time on the, I really do. Then we had Dominic Mysterio. Took on Xavier Woods, uh, your winner, of course, with a little help from Rio, but that's okay because I like uh, Judgment Day looking strong. And your winner, Dominic Mysterio. And that also, we also had the Judgment Day looking strong again late at the end, of the main event, when they took on Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest took on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and actually ended up with the win over them, which is really kind of shocking and kind of bad timing because these guys are getting ready to go into a, a, a championship bout uh, next a week from Saturday. So, yeah, kind of stunning. What do you think on those two matches, sir? You know, you brought up an interesting point, Kentucky guy. The champs
0: are usually supposed to be booked to look strong leading into a title defense, and considering that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to be facing Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa at Night of Champions, the fact that they lost here was very interesting timing. And I've got to wonder, I, I don't think WWE is going to do this, but in my honest opinion, with Judgment Day picking up the win here, that should automatically put them in contention with for the undisputed tag team titles. And I kind of wish that it would be a three-way tag team match for the belts at Night of Champions. It's not too late for them to do that. I don't think they will, but it's not too late for them to do that because the advantage would be, let's hypothetically say that Damian Priest and Finn Bauer were to win that match. Well, they wouldn't have to pin Roman Reigns or Solo Sokoa. They could just pin one of the champions. So you still protect the bloodline in that scenario.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I agree though. I don't see that happening, but we did have a, uh, like a spoiler headline uh, on this show a couple episodes ago. And we actually said that that's the new, that's going to be the new feud. The new rivalry is going to be the judgment day and the uh, undisputed tag champion. So, and I'm kind of looking forward to that uh, kind of interesting how it got started off. But speaking of, the match at Night of Champions, Sami Zayn and Owens said that they were surprised. They were in the ring. They'd done, a, they'd done a promo. Said they were surprised to find out this past Friday that they'll be defending the tag titles against Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia at Night of Champions. He says, while on paper it seems like a massive threat, the two of them see it as a gift. He says that they have a chance to get their hands on Roman Reigns after both coming up short against him in the undisputed Universal Championship match earlier this year. Zayn says Reigns has gone unchecked for too long and criticizes Reigns for pushing too hard, observing that it's not enough for him to have the WWE or Universal Championship and be a title holder for almost a 1,000 days. He calls Reigns a manipulator and tells uh, him he can't have the undisputed tag team championship. That promo there was kind of interesting. Uh, they showed a lot of, uh, seemed like they had a lot of heart in that, of course, Sami Zayn always does and Kevin Owens, but they seem to be a little bit ticked off over this. I going to be honest, and this is, may shock you, but I would not be surprised if they dropped the tag titles to the bloodline. I, it wouldn't surprise me. What do you What do you think about that? It's certainly a possibility. Um,
0: to me, it would be a little bit of a disappointment because they had that big moment at WrestleMania beating the Usos, and for them to drop the belts this quickly—just you know, just over a month after winning them—would be a little, a little bit of a disappointing reign, personally. Um, because there's really a couple of ways you could do the storyline. I mean, think about this. Roman Reigns isn't defending his undisputed WWE Universal uh, Championship. He's challenging for the tag team titles. What if the Tribal Chief were to take a pinfall loss in this match? Not saying it's going to happen, but what would w- what would that do for the storyline if that were to happen?
1: That would throw a wrench because he's not been pinned in over, over, way over a year. Uh, in 1,000 days, actually, two years. I, I, two, I was going to say two years. So, yeah, that would... uh. That throw a wrench in his uh, ego, absolutely. And then, you know, what about this? Let's add on to that, because I kind of like where you're going there. Let's say he gets pinned by, I don't know, Kevin Owens. Let's say Kevin Owens uh, upsets him, hits him with a stunner, and pins him. He's so frustrated over being pinned by Kevin Owens and not being pinned over a couple years now, he puts his title on the line in a match against Kevin Owens to prove that how dominant he really is, and then Kevin Owens becomes your undisputed champion. How about that? Anything. Can, what do they say? Anything could happen in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had Endust Shear with gender Mahal versus I have no idea who these people are: Le- Levar Barbie and Drake Thompson. This was a squash match. Okay, so here's my thing. How many factions are we gonna let Ginger Mahal build with these foreign guys and fail? Yeah, they won the squash match, but anytime they face anybody decent, it's kind of like uh the Maharaji's uh his first run in the WWE where he was horrible. His second run he was horrible, but they pushed him, even shoved him down our throat as a champion. But it never works. And how many, I, I just don't get this with him in factions now. And I'll talk about one, one other match and I'll, I'll, uh, get your opinion. Uh, we had Raquel Rodriguez versus Chelsea green. Another, another person. I don't understand why they came back to the company. Uh, they put everybody over. I don't even know if she's won a singles match and you pair her with Sonya Deville, who everyone knows sucks. She was GM. Stunk at that. She come back, lost every single match, begged and begged and cried, and got multiple Charlotte Flair uh, title opportunities, and lost them all. And of course, Raquel Rodriguez won this match, of course. But anyways, after the match is what I want to talk about. So uh, Rodriguez leaves the ring, leaves the match, but Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler appear finally, out of nowhere and blindside her. Rousey mocks Rodriguez and asks what. What uh, what she does with her title? She tells Rodriguez she'll defend the women's tag team championship with or without uh, Morgan. And by the way, Morgan is injured, but she's not supposed to be out that long. Unless she wants to be beaten down every single week. Then uh, Baszler then delivers a running knee, and the pair run off laughing. I love this tag team, and I hope they're both healthy. And this are signs that they're back and ready to get these titles from. Uh, these wannabes, which is Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, they're just—we all know—they're just placeholders until these two got back. And I hope this is a sign that they're back. Your thoughts on those two matches? Oh boy, yeah,
0: they keep bringing Jinder Mahal back and putting him uh, in charge of a faction because <laughs> he did such a great uh, job before with the um, oh, what was their name? The did they have uh, a name? <laughs> The, the two Indian guys that were like his uh, his version of pa- Patterson and Briscoe yeah. or uh, <laughs> J&J security. I think,
1: I think he just called them by their <laughs> names. I, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think so. But, um yeah, I mean, th- these guys into share will get a push for like three or four weeks, and then they'll be complete, completely forgotten about. People forget they're even employed, um, which is, you know, unfortunate, but it, it, it is what it is. um. I've never been a gender Mahal fan, though, personally. Never been. Um, and then, uh, you know, Chelsea Green, I, I said it before, it's it's great to see her back in WWE, but she's not getting star treatment by any means. And pairing her up with Sonya Deville didn't make any sense to me. They just needed to give her a tag team partner, and they said, well, we'll pair her up with Sonya Deville. Um Chelsea Green is is a definite star. She's been a star everywhere she's gone, except for WWE. Um, I actually think personality-wise, another female wrestler that they could have paired her up with that they just chose not to was Tiffany Stratton from NXT. I think they have very similar personalities and could actually gel really well together. But I know Tiffany Stratton is still... Sort of an up-and-coming talent. It's still going to be a little while before she gets up to the main roster, um, but I think that would have been a better pairing than Chelsea Green. And so yeah, I
1: I like the first um, pairing. They had her paired with uh, Carmella, but she got injured, and even that would have been a
0: better uh,
1: would have been a better pairing. Actually,
0: I think Mar- uh, Carmella is on
1: maternity leave. Oh currently. yeah, it's, it's well okay. She's something something's the matter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but anyway, um, good to see Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler back. Hopefully they get the women's tag team titles sooner rather than later. and We can finally see a consistent and dominant women's tag team on the roster.
1: They can fit that match in at night of champions. They've got room. Absolutely. And it doesn't need to be a real long match. I mean, just, just let
0: them dominate. Do what they do best.
1: I agree. I, I actually agree with that 100%. I cannot wait to see these two fight for the titles and actually get them. And as far as Chelsea Green... When uh, Carmella got pregnant or got hurt or whatever, <laughs> uh, she didn't have to be a tag team. She could have went solo and done the Karen thing by herself until Carmella came back. Don't just throw her with somebody. Like you said, don't just throw her with somebody hoping it sticks because it's not working. Nobody likes it. Yeah, Adam Pierce is doing his job and he's trying to put them over as being so aggravating and what have you. But let's be honest. They are showing more respect to new rookies coming out of NXT to the roster than they have ever shown Chelsea Green. And here's one thing that I cannot help. I may be dead wrong on this, but I cannot help to wonder is if they're not using her as payback for her husband who went off and kind of made WWE look horrible because because of the way they treated him when he was there as Zack Ryder. And then he goes and he holds five different championships, heavyweight championships, from other companies in an independent circuit. So, I wonder, you know that left a bad taste in Vince's mouth. Maybe Triple H is too. Triple H has wrestled Zack Ryder several times. I don't know, but I'm just wondering if this wasn't, if they're not using it as kind of sort of a payback for, I don't know, making them look stupid. Any thoughts on that?
0: Anything's possible. I mean, I mean that would be kind of petty to have to take it out on his wife when he's not even currently employed by WWE. But, you know, people take personal offense to a lot of stuff in the wrestling business. Hey, man,
1: Vince McMahon has not hired people's family out of... because they've quit them in the past. <laughs> like, the Moncho Man. He took that so personal when the Moncho Man took off to WCW, he would never hire and didn't hire uh, his brother back and, and all kinds of different people from that family, which is crazy. So, pettiness runs wild in the WWE. All right, sir, you got the next two headlines? All right, here we go.
0: Mandy Rose comments on a potential return to WWE. It's been several months since departing from WWE for Mandy Rose as the company let her go this past December because of the adult content she was posting on her Fantime page. The decision came quickly, as WWE originally planned to have Rose defend her NXT women's title against Roxanne Perez at New Year's Evil, only for the match to be moved up as their bout took place on the post-deadline episode of NXT TV, and she was released the following day. Rose publicly commented about her WWE departure on the Tamron Hall show, and later questioned why she could not run her fan-time page while still wrestling in WWE, as the company reposted the photo of herself by the pool and being covered by the NXT and NXT UK Women's Championships at the time. They did, in fact. The same month she left WWE, she earned $1 million from her fan-time page after departing from WWE and has seemingly done well since then. I don't know, she said. I don't know what the future holds. Rose answered. So, again, you never say never in the business. Um, She's been gone several months now. She's clearly doing really well for herself in her spare time. Do I personally think she needs to come back to WWE? No, because it seems like she has a lot of her own ventures going on. So she probably doesn't need wrestling. I guess the big question is whether she would want to come back. And I guess if she would want to come back, the two sides would have to be find some sort of happy medium to uh, to come together and say, let's bring her
1: back to TV. Well, here's the thing. If she comes back, are you going to let her do the same thing that she did to get fired? Because it doesn't sound like she slowed down on that whatsoever. So, pretty much, you would have to, nah, I don't see it, man. Not unless she gives up the, the fan, my fan, or whatever that's called. Unless she gives that up, that page up, because that would bringing her back and letting her do that page is pretty much saying, yep, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have let her go. Ain't that kind of crazy? I, I just can't see that happening. So, all right, sir, you got the next headline. WWE's Robert Roode undergoes second
0: neck, neck fusion surgery. Robert Roode has suffered another setback in his recovery and journey to make it back to in-ring action. Roode hasn't wrestled since working with Omos last June ...at a WWE house show. Last year, he had his C5 and C6 vertebrae fused. Unfortunately, the WWE star had to get his C4 and C5 fused as well. He shared the news in this post on Instagram. Another trip around the sun and another trip to Birmingham, Alabama. Quite a way to celebrate my birthday. Had a C4, C5 cervical fusion to go along with the C5, C6 fusion... Back in November. Most importantly, it was a success thanks to the man himself, Dr. Andy Cordover, and the first class staff here at Andrews Sports Medicine. Big thank you for being my uh, rock throughout this entire process. He's referencing his wife. It's been a challenging year to say the least. Road to Recovery Part 2. So, I've been reading different rumors online about Robert Rood and there is a possibility that he may have to retire from the ring, which if that is the case, it's very unfortunate because that would be a very underwhelming um, way for him to end his career, especially after he had so much success in NXT. And, you know, he, he did capture some titles on the main roster. We can sit here and talk about how poorly he was utilized at times. But um, he still had a great career. I'm sure he has a lot to contribute to the wrestling industry if he's not able to get back into the ring as an active wrestler. But man, man, that it would, it would it would just really sucks. It would really suck to see the glorious one for his in-ring uh, career to be over like that.
1: Uh, yes, he is a... I've always been a fan of his. Actually, uh, on YouTube, when I used to be the uh, wrestling professor, uh, when I first started a YouTube channel, Uh, Yeah, it's changed a lot since then. But uh, my theme music was his theme music in the WWE and NXT. Uh, Glorious. (laughs) I've always been a fan of him. I followed him on on, uh, TNA Impact. And uh, I really thought it was, um, you know, I I was hoping that they would have done more with him in the WWE. I'm not saying they haven't done anything with him, but he's such a, he, he is a world champion caliber uh type of uh opponent in a wrestler and to team him with Dolph Ziggler was kind of a death sentence and then out of the two you make Dolph Ziggler the NXT champion when they go back it's just yeah I think WWE kind of dropped the ball with him and now who knows I mean I'm, our, our thoughts and prayers are with him uh that he is able or at least he's going to live a if he's not able to get back in the ring, we completely understand, but let's hope that he's able to at least live a normal life. So, yeah, neck injury is nothing to play with. Uh, WWE drops first tease for new Judgment Day member during Monday Night Raw. During last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, the first tease was dropped that hints at a new member being added to Judgment Day sometime within the coming weeks. We also saw Last night, that J.D. Madon is going, uh, McDuggan. Sorry, is go- is going to get a push on the main roster. Uh, the Irish Ace attacked Dolph Ziggler at ringside and sent him into the steel steps during the battle royal to determine the number one contender for the Intercontinental Champion. Now, you guys might be saying, "Well, you said Bronson Reed was the only one," but yet you talk so much about the Irish Ace. Yeah, but he's brand new to the main roster. I mean, he, they're not going to let him win that Battle Royal. He's, he, yeah, he's brand new. There's no way. Anyways, later on during backstage interview, the IRSH declared that he's on Raw to make a statement. As he walked off, and the camera panned away, you could briefly see Finn Balor in the background looking on, and I did catch that. Uh, the new and they, you know, they still they got that. Bray Wyatt started that. Uh, started that when he came back. And about doing like little hints and things like that. So the news about Judgment Day getting a new member was first reported by the Bruiser Razzlin insider Twitter account. Was also first to report earlier today that WWE would be dropping the first uh, Irish Ace Judgment Day tease last night on Raw. Yeah. So and I got and I told you all this last episode. If you're not signed up to that Twitter account and you're a wrestling fan, and you like to know what's going to happen or what uh, may happen before it happens, these guys are pretty, I don't know who runs that account, but they're pretty daggone accurate on a lot of their spoilers. So uh, I enjoy watching them because they always got something to say. So, But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's put him with the Judgment Day. Let's go. Let's do this. He needs a big push. He's, he's great. I think that he should have been NXT champion. I think he was robbed, but hey, you know, now he's on the main roster, so no sense in crying over spilt milk. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, We touched upon it in a
0: previous uh, episode. I think he'd be a good addition to Judgment Day. I don't see a problem with them expanding their numbers a little bit more. I think that's what keeps the act fresh when you add some new faces and... Judgment Day is one of the hottest acts in WWE right now, and they've got to keep the momentum going. Man, Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Dominique Mysterio. (laughs) I paid attention last night when he took over the mic. He is so hot right now as a heel. I didn't think he was going to be able to be able to talk over the crowd when he was in the ring with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I mean, he is. They have really done wonders for that boy's career. Judgment Day has. All right, next headline. This kind of goes along with the Robert Rude one. Uh, man, this, this, is a, this is a tough one, too. Orton, not to return to the ring. Sports skied Bill Aptor caught up with WWE Hall of Famer Bob Orton at the 80s WrestleCon. Orton talked about being around Roddy Piper and family life, and he gave an update on his son, Randy Orton. Bob said that his son is in training, but doctors have told him that he should not return to the ring. Quote, he's training, so well, we'll see what happens, Horton said. I don't know if he feels like going back. If he feels like going back or if he feels like he's ready to go back, I think he might, Horton said. Then again, he's pretty well taken care of. I don't think he needs to. I think the doctors have told him not to. Horton continued. Randy will do what Randy's going to do. He's always done, done like he always does. Orton's been out of action since last summer, and he underwent back fusion surgery in November. Dave Meltzer re- recently reported in the Wrestling Observer that Orton is nowhere close to being able to return to the ring. Yeah, so if the doctors are telling you no, Randy, you've got, I mean, you're one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But if the doctors are telling you no, and you've got you've got a wife and kids to think about, you might want to take heed to what the doctor's telling you, so you're able to at least enjoy a normal rest of your life with them. Uh, don't get me wrong; it'd be crushing to hear that, for definitely that you're not coming back. But yeah, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta think of your family first and your health. Your thoughts, sir. I mean, again, I think there's a couple of points to keep in
0: mind. We don't know how many doctors Orton has spoken to. You know, he might have spoken to one or two doctors and said, well, we really don't recommend you getting back in the ring. He might go to more doctors to get their opinion. They might say, no, no, you'll be you'll be fine. You know, just don't overdo it or whatever. Um, but you do bring up an interesting point. He does have to think about his long-term health and the impact going that getting back in the ring would have on it. He has a wife and a couple of daughters at home. Uh, you know, you got to think long-term, what am I going to do after I'm, I'm finished in the ring? And you've also got to keep in mind, WWE in recent years is very careful to heed the advice of doctors. I mean, that's what kept Daniel Bryan out of the ring for a long time because of his history with concussions. That's what kept Edge out of the ring for a long time because of his neck issues. Paige had to, require, had to uh, retire for a while until she was cleared to compete again. Um, So if the doctors say to WWE, we don't recommend Randy Orton step into the ring again, WWE is probably going to say, Randy, as much as we want you back in the ring, we we recommend you don't get back in the ring. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it develops over the next couple of months. It would be a shame not to see the Viper back for one final run, but again... Long-term health yeah, is Yeah, and what important.
1: really stinks is he doesn't have the character uh, to be like a, a manager or to do something backstage. Even I don't even think he has the temperament to be like a trainer. So if they tell him that he's done and he agrees, then I think he's done done. I don't think we'll see him at all. But anyway, sir, you've got uh, one more headline. Go ahead and knock it out. Yes sir. CM oh, Punk God. and the Elite no longer cl- no closer to
0: any resolutions. Legal issues stay in play. For the past 8 months, the fallout from CM Punk's actions at All Out last year has loomed, ranging from his comments at the post-event press conference where he ripped several wrestlers to the brawl that involved him and the Elite. Punk is returning with his return slated for the June 17th premiere of AEW Collision. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that nothing has changed regarding the two sides making up. Meltzer wrote, There are a number of different legal issues still ongoing and in play, and nobody is allowed to publicly talk or contact the other side or talk about any of the issues. From someone near the top, they are no closer to any resolutions than they have been, but things are more reasonable. Meltzer noted that at least one person who isn't punk is willing to apologize and has wanted to do so for a while, but is not allowed to make any contact. Another person on that side also said they believe apologies are in order, with the belief that punk should be the first, but not the only one. Well if I were to wager a guess as to which person wants to apologize to just kind of carry the hatchet, and move past this probably say it would be Kenny Omega. Exactly. Um, because if you look at the whole situation and what's been reported, Omega was the one who was the least at fault of the entire group. He was actually trying to break up the brawl, but kind of got caught in the, in the crossfire. The dog, man. If you will,
1: That's all he's trying to do, um, well, the, <laughs> that
0: is all he was trying to do. Just just get Larry the dog out of there. Um, so, yeah, he probably wants to mend fences and have everybody just do business and make money again. Uh, but in my opinion, the guy who really needs to step up here is CM Punk. Because he was the instigator of the whole situation. Whether that happens or not remains to be seen. I kind of doubt that's going to happen at this
1: point, at point in time. I feel like it would have happened by now if it was going to happen. I agree. It's been eight months. Now, let me tell you something that'll blow your mind. So CM Punk, we, we now know, we, we broke this story a while back on, on this show before they started saying it out loud in the media that CM Punk threw the first punch. And, and that's true. Uh, go do your own research, what have you. But I know 100% glad he threw the first punch. Anyways, Kenny Omega is the guy they're talking about in this report. It just so happens that when they say, you know, I got a little bit of insider knowledge here. Uh, thank you, guys. You, I know you guys say you listen to every episode. So if you're listening, thank you so much. Because <laughs> you make this job a lot more fun and a lot easier for our fans as well. So a little inside information. When they say that he feels other sides should apologize also. Kenny believes CM Punk should apologize first, but also the Young Bucks should have kind of did the, like, turn the other cheek kind of thing. And they should apologize as well. And has told them that, not CM Punk, but has told the Elite, the Young Bucks this. And from my understanding, these guys are, like, really good friends outside of wrestling. Like, they, they do a lot together. Uh, They not only travel together in the business, but they are like really, really close. And that caused kind of a riff in the group, but they're over that now. And from my understanding, if CM Punk would man up, and guys, you you guys email me if you're listening, uh, if I'm wrong on this. But the way I read what you told me was if CM Punk would step up and apologize, the Young Bucks would accept it now and apologize as well. Because of Kenny Omega. So, yeah, we know your name's Punk, but stop being one. And when he says, and also when he says things are more reasonable now in that article, so many hot points there he hit in that article. think When he says things are more reasonable now, what he means is you don't have Punk asking for a stupid amount of money to buy his contract out. That's what he means because he's coming back. So. Those talks are off the table. So, of course, it's more reasonable now. But, anyways, did you have anything to comment on that statement, or? No, not really. I think I think that's uh, it Adds a lot of clarity. Yeah, it the just story, so honestly. happened. Uh, I didn't even realize you had that headline. <laughs> it just so happened that uh, uh, we talked yesterday. Uh, I was actually trying to find out about uh, Don Callis, but they they're not allowed to tell me <laughs> yet. I wanted to find out. I wanted to break it. I wanted to break the story, man. Where he's going, if he's going with the Combat Club or what, you know. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't get that, but I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, anyways, let's see. I've got one more headline, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Dynamite's uh, their match card because they have a loaded card already for tomorrow's show. WWE plans to push LA Knight a 100% in the books. On Saturday, WWE announced that LA Knight and Rick Boggs would team up to face the Street Profits on Friday night, SmackDown, uh, there was a Night Bog segment that was scheduled for SmackDown, but as reported by the Boozer Razzlin Twitter account, I'm telling you guys he does it all. The segment was delayed. It ended up airing. It ended up airing on the SmackDown Lowdown show that airs Saturday on Peacock. The decision to have Night and Bogs team up has led to a lot of fans voicing their frustration. Because many feel that he should be moved up the card as a single star. And they're absolutely right. Rick Boggs would just bring him down. You might as well put him back with the stupid models. Anyways, the Boozer uh, tweeted that the team is only temporary. And that there are plans for Knight to get a push. They also tweeted, a push is in the books 100%. And he's a top three contender to win Money in the Bank. But there's no solid winner decided on just yet. They also said, uh, things take time and there's a certain structure and protocol. So have faith. He's in good hands. Now that has been getting real great reactions on live events. Uh, and that has not gone unnoticed by management. And that's true too. Even when he comes out to the ring on raw, uh, on raw, he's, uh, or SmackDown now, uh, he's getting, uh, overwhelmingly fan support. And I think that's great. Well-deserved. I think they uh, almost ruined it. I think Vince McMahon almost ruined his main roster uh, career by having him start off with that models thing. And I'm glad that Triple H was finally able to turn that around and change it up. And uh, yeah, he's in a good place right now. I think. Yeah, get him away from Boggs though, because that guy put Boggs back with. If you have to have Boggs, put him back with that Elias feller and you know whatever. But uh, keep him away from LA Knight. Your thoughts, sir, on that headline? Uh, I mean, I hope it's true, and I hope we see L.A. Knight get a
0: push because he's a heck of a talent, uh, and, and he's kind of being wasted right now. I mean, he did the feud with Bray Wyatt, which, I mean, he was really the star in that feud up until they finally had their match at the Royal Rumble, um, and I think that that was a feud that they honestly could have continued if not for Bray Wyatt's health issues. Um, L.A. Knight could have maybe even gotten his win back at some point. But um, I, I hope it's true, man. I, I hope that LA Knight get, gets the push he deserves. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Dynamite this week. Yeah. Uh, pretty jacked up card so far. And we're not even, uh, I don't think, well, the, there's no way they're done because it's a two hour show. Uh, but uh, you had the Falls Count Anywhere match with Adam Cole and J.A.S. Ban from the building. And that match is Chris Jericho versus Roderick Strong. I think that's going to be a really good match. (laughs) Roger Strong, I know he's new to AEW, but he's not new at all to wrestling. So I actually am looking forward to watching that match. I'll go over a couple other ones, and then we'll get your opinion. Uh, We have the trios match. Jamie Hayter, the female world champion, uh, Britt Baker, and Hikura Sherrod versus the Outcasts. Which we all know who who that is. Storm and uh Sierra and uh Riot. Well, she's not she's not she's Ruby something there. And then we have Rick Starks versus Jay White. That should be a good match as well. I don't see Rick's uh, Ricky Starks beating Jay White, but that should be a good match. We have Sam, Sammy Guevara just says Sammy Guevara in action. Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Rush. We know Jungle Boy has the four pillars match coming up for the world heavyweight champion. Are they really going to let him beat rush on dynamite? If so, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. And also, and this is what something like I told you, I tried to sneak and get a heads up on, but not allowed right now. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're going to hear from Don Callis on why he betrayed Kenny Omega and what his future holds. So that should be interesting as well. A lot of good reasons, in my opinion, to tune, tune in to Dynamite this week. And I don't say that a lot, but a lot of good reasons this week. Uh, your thoughts sir, on their card.
0: That is definitely a stacked card, and I'm really interested to see where they take the Don Callis storyline. As far as a couple, of, a couple of the matches we have coming up, fortunately they did not announce any Orange Cassidy matches, Woo-hoo! so that's that's a good sign right off the bat. Um, (laughs) um, I know you'll be upset about this Kentucky guy. I think it's going to be a hard fought match, but I think jungle boy is going to pull out a victory over rush on, on dynamite this week because they're building up him as a challenger to MJF. I don't think it's going to hurt rush in the grand scheme. I think again, jungle boy is going to win by the skin of his teeth, um, but he is going to pick up a victory. Um, I have no idea who Sammy Guevara is going to wrestle. I don't even have a prediction at this point. I don't know. Maybe they'll put him against Action and or somebody. Who knows? Um, the Women's Trios match. This is my problem with this matchup. Jamie Hayter is your AEW Women's Championship. Why is she not being treated like your champion? Why is she not being put at the forefront? Nothing against Britt Baker or any of the other female talents. They're all great. But Jamie Hayter is your champion right now. She should be leading the charge against the so- against the outcasts. Just, just my take personally. Um, and then as far as Chris Jericho versus Roderick Strong, again, it's going to be a great match. Happy to see Roderick Strong back on TV. I think because they're building up to Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole, The GOAT is going to win this one.
1: I agree. Just my thoughts. And on the Jungle Boy uh, versus Rush, well, uh, yeah, I mean, he pretty much has to win uh, to look strong going into that's what I was complaining about. Uh, I'd love to see something happen where maybe MJF got involved and it just ended in a disqualification because Rush really is not being treated like a former multi-time ring of honor world champion and the people that own AEW own freaking ring of honor it, it just doesn't make any sense also the jamie hater Rip baker you brought up some good points there and i'm going to agree with you to an extent but here's the problem we see this this is not we see this match all the time in some form whether it's tag team or single we see jamie hater Britt Baker. And now uh, Hakura versus the Outcast in some form every week. Every week. So that's what I mean, it's just, to me, it's getting old. It's getting very old. And when was the last time Jamie Hayter, don't get me wrong, she's a decent champion, but when was the last time she actually defended her title in a singles match? My
0: point, they're just, they're just not letting her defend it in a singles match, which, in my opinion, is their way of saying we don't have enough faith in her as a champion to carry yeah, the title, now, you which is unfortunate. We
1: see this same match every week now,
0: but 100%. Right. I'm, I'm numb. All right. It this so, uh,
1: sir, that's all I have uh, for today's episode. What do you have? Well, you know, I have one more headline. I wanted to
0: cover um, Kentucky guy, because you, you mentioned his name uh, during the, uh, during the podcast. And that's that, And that's backstage update on WWE status of Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. According to Fightful Select, the internal roster PWI reported omitted Wyatt due to his current inability to take part in storylines due to health issues that have sidelined the third-generation star. Fightful also says Wyatt's masked sidekick, Uncle Howdy, is also still with WWE, but has no current creative plans due to Wyatt's health issues and has thus been sidelined for the time being. So, and and what it also says is Wyatt is no longer listed on yeah, WWE's yep. internal roster. So, I thought about this earlier today, Kentucky guy, and tell me if you agree or not. Bray Wyatt's recent return, you know what it reminds me of? If you turn the clock back to the year 1996, This reminds me of when the Ultimate Warrior came back to WWE. There was this huge hype to see this big star, former world champion back in the company. He comes in, he squashes an up-and-comer in a singles match, appears on TV a few more times, and then he's gone, just like overnight. And this is almost like playing out the exact same way. Now, different circumstances, obviously, behind the scenes. In the Ultimate Warrior's case, it was a contract dispute, In Bray Wyatt's case, it's supposedly due to health issues he's having. Um, But it's just as frustrating for the fans who clamored for this guy to come back. And now we're seeing no storyline progression. Just nothing at all. I, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, 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 there's not a whole lot you can say about that. I mean, that's a good comparison. I, I think that, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't. I think that the hype of around Bray Wyatt is is a lot more than it was around the uh, Ultimate Warrior, to be honest with you. The hype on him coming back is everybody, everybody around the wrestling world was talking about it and wondering when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen. You know, everybody fell for the White Rabbit. You know, I mean, there's just, there's so much there. And let's just be honest. I hope it comes out how I hope his sickness is not deadly, but I hope it's something kind of severe. And he talks about it because he's losing fans, believe it or not. And we don't want to lose fans if we're truly sick or have something serious wrong. You know, even if it's mental and Bray White's the type of guy or type of character that I've seen where he will out and talk about it if it's mental or something. So I hope there's just so many things up in here and Uncle Howdy. Okay, I get it. Uh the creative behind that. Uh as far as the eternal roster, I wanted to speak on that real quick. I seen that headline. The reason why I didn't include it is because they do that so much that they remove so many uh wrestlers who are on sick leave or what have you uh, from the internal roster. I mean, it, it that doesn't mean anything really doesn't mean he's gone or anything like that so but uh uncle howdy, I still feel that there's a story to be told there with Alexa bliss and with the creative mind of triple h and maybe they have something in embrace contract where when he starts something like this that uh you know he has full control maybe that's why they're sidelined. i i don't know what his contract says, but with triple h 's creative mind, he could surely come up with something. For Uncle Howdy and of Bliss. Until Bray Wyatt's ready to go. If he's able to. I know they got to keep Bray happy. But man they are paying that guy so much. Already. You know when I'm paying. If I'm paying you top dollar. And especially if you can't deliver. Because you're injured. Yeah you're not going to tell me. You know what to do or who to use. Or who to wrestle. <laughs> so I don't know. All depends on his contract man. Uh, I think that's where we're at now. We just. Uh, if anybody can find out what his contract says, I think that would answer a lot of questions. Hope that helps. What else yep, you got? There? Uh, it does. All right, folks. That is. So once again, me, we sir. want to thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of against the match, a wrestling podcast. With your hostess, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.